And we are back from our extended hiatus for another exciting episode of Sometimes Serious, the Slice of Life Conversation podcast where I trick my friends into having conversations with me about their interesting lives on air. On today's episode, we are joined by my friend Vicki, a science teacher who has worked primarily in low-income Houston schools and who shares some of her experiences as both a student and teacher that have helped shape who she is today. As you listen, I would encourage you to reflect on teachers you have had that made a positive impact and possibly how you might be able to teach, mentor, or simply encourage the generation behind you. I am inspired by my friends who teach professionally, and am grateful for the many wise giants on whose shoulders I stand and often wobble. And if you get any enjoyment out of listening to this podcast, please consider sharing your favorite episode with a friend, or reach out to me directly through the email link on our fancy new website, sometimesserious.com, only one S in the middle. I'd love to hear your thoughts, or even just a good dad joke. So now, the moment you've all been waiting for, episode six is finally here. All right. I I had several Madagascar hissing cockroaches. On purpose? Yes. Oh. They were forcibly gifted to me. Wait, forcibly gifted to you? Sounds like a prank where you opened your glove box and you found them. (laughs) No, my mentor teacher said, here, I have these cockroaches. I don't want to keep them in my room, so you're going to keep them in your room. Interesting. Okay. So I was forcibly gifted cockroaches. Okay. That Uh, I then decided to try to murder over the summer unsuccessfully. Like how? Did you poison them or crush them? or? No, I left them in their tank without any food and their air valve closed, and still one of them survived over the course of the summer. Wow. Yeah. Did it eat the other ones or what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's horrible. <laughs> so you created a super cockroach. Okay. And then released it into Houston. Yeah. Oh, you it, released it? Oh, when it didn't die, I was like, I'm not keeping this thing another year. <laughs> yeah. Where did you release it? Um, the school I worked at had this like courtyard in the middle of the school. And so I kind of just dumped it in there because I knew there were like possums and owls that kind of lived in that yeah. area. And maybe so. this cockroach would like kill those possums for you. Yeah. No, I was hoping the possum would eat the cockroach. Yeah. And you haven't seen it since. Yeah. I mean, I don't work at that school anymore. And Harvey destroyed <laughs> the, school the school. has since burned to the ground. It's fine. No, not burned to the ground, <laughs> okay. but forcibly taken down because of Harvey. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's get this kicked off. Uh, welcome to episode six. I don't even know anymore of Sometimes Serious. Uh, for those listening at home, uh, context, today is the first official day of, no, second official day of spring break for teachers. Yeah. Ish, depending on, yeah, okay. Depending on when you start counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the day of um, uh, daylight savings time, so uh, fun stuff. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about um, teaching background, some of your favorite things about teaching. Um, I think I'm not a teacher. I think I'm totally <laughs> fascinated by the lifestyle. Um, by, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I have a lot of respect for, for what you guys go through. So what, what are the things, some things you love about teaching and what are maybe some of the harder things? So I've been teaching for nine years yeah, exclusively in title one schools, which are your lower income schools. Most, um, so what are the t- title one through what? It's just title one and non-title one. Oh, okay. So a hundred percent of my kids get free and reduced lunch because mm-hmm. their parents can't afford to feed them most of the time. Okay. Um, and that's kind of like how the state of Texas at least kind of judges your yeah. school is that percentage of below the poverty line. I spent my first five years doing a variety of things in HISD, like science, STEM, pre-K library. Yeah, what's the difference between science and STEM? So science is strictly like earth science, life science, physical science, 
space science. STEM is an integration of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Mm-hmm. So there's more of a holistic approach to all of the all of those areas and how they interplay and work together. Mm-hmm. And so my focus when I taught STEM was more on like engineering design challenges. Mm, okay. So based on whatever they were doing in class, we would have a design challenge to kind of go along with it where the kids would have to research and then build and, mm-hmm. you know, reevaluate. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, it's, it's interesting. I had a, a friend whose dad was a steam mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah. That's the Is art that a real thing. Yes. Okay. That's just adding art into yeah. it. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if you can do it, like, I don't think there is an artistry involved in any time you're engineering, I think. Totally agree. So I think that the adding the A just brings it, for people who are not in STEM, it just mm-hmm. adds that like, oh, they're being creative. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of broadens what that meaning is. Because I don't think people associate creativity with building you know, a boat or a card that lights up or some of those things that, you know, we would do Mm -hmm. in a STEM class. Yeah, I guess I was initially skeptical, I'll be honest. So my friend was like, oh yeah, my dad's a STEAM teacher. My thought was, so I guess the idea of STEM is to kind of be the like nerdy math kid room and art is typically not associated with that. So like in my head, I'm thinking if we just keep jamming letters into this at some point, doesn't the acronym just mean education? Yeah. Like what's the point of differentiating if you're going to include everything, right? Yeah. I think it just, it provides a little bit more creativity because I know um, a big push in like that STEM community and headspace is like getting girls involved because Mm, by about third or fourth grade, most females have kind of tuned out of the science and math. Mm, Okay. And uh, it, then it hits really hard in middle school. So adding the art aspect to it can really draw it. Um, re-engage maybe re-engage yeah. some of these girls who mm. tend to intentionally or unintentionally get pushed to the more creative aspects of yeah you know how much of that do you feel is a trend from the bottom up versus the system down <sighs> like that trend of specifically girls or females moving away from typical stem related education paths i think i think it's just a lot of cultural i think it's a lot yeah. of inward more so than anything else. Hmm. Okay. What do you mean by that? I I think that, especially like in the South, we have this very like idea of what a woman Mm -hmm. should and shouldn't do. And like, this is a woman's job versus this is a man's job. And I think that kind of mindset is unintentionally in our culture. Therefore it kind of creeps into our education system from Mm -hmm. the inside out. And then, then it becomes top down because, you know, yeah, you're reinforcing certain stereotypes and things. Are there ways in which, and that is that too nuanced of an issue if the basics are, can these kids read? Can these kids like add, like, you know, is it, is it, is it kind of like a first world problem, I guess, to try to say, hey, we need to re-engage, you know, these girls into engineering when maybe some of the bigger issues are more basic than that? Is that a fair question? I mean, it is a fair question. And I think that, Girl brains and boy brains think differently. I can present two, two kids with the same challenge and the way they're going to solve it is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And just like two boy brains are two different brains because they're two different people. Sure. You need those, you need all that diff, you need that different kind of thinking in these harder math science, you know, fields because otherwise everybody's kind of on the same 
wavelength and having a different wavelength mm. is always a beneficial thing. Yeah. And if you teach it right, then the reading will come. The math will come because they're going to naturally going to have to read something mm. in order to build or do whatever they want to do. Mm. I remember I was teaching robotics mm -hmm. and I was teaching third, fourth and fifth graders at that time. And I had the upper level robotics kids and we were talking about motors and how the motors spin with the specific system that we used. And there was three different options of how they could program. They could program mm -hmm. with fractions. They could fraction uh, program with decimals or they could program oh. with like degrees. So huh. okay, cool. Those things are not really elementary level things, especially no. when you talk about it in terms of a circle. But I'm sitting here teaching a math lesson to my third, fourth and fifth graders about negative numbers, mm -hmm. the relationship between fractions, decimals and degrees in a circle. Hmm. So it, it will, and was there pretty solid engagement from them oh, because gosh, there yeah. was a goal? Yeah. Because there was a goal. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, if I need to, you know, and we didn't get into like super detail. Yeah. But like, they're like, okay, well, I need to spin it halfway backwards. So that's going to be a negative because I need to go backward instead of forward. Yeah. And so they were able to make these connections hmm. to this very difficult math concept for them. Mm-hmm. Because we were engaging through something they were very interested in because we were about to go to our competition. Yeah. Interesting. So you're kind of like, would, do you feel like it was, would it have felt different if there wasn't like a competition? I guess, is that a way to have inspired them maybe? Or I mean, I mean, kids love to compete, but yeah. I think that they just Adults love do. the robotics aspect of it. And so they yeah. would have taken anything I would have given them Yeah, because they mm -hmm. just are so interested in how this stuff works together and codes and, mm -hmm. you know. So is that are that kind of robotics type class and challenge and thing? Is that kind of a, like in all kinds of schools, Title One or otherwise, or is that more of like a high class school thing? I was very blessed to be put into a program, that, a federally funded program that bought my school mm -hmm. a couple thousand dollars worth of robotics kits, wow. Lego okay. robotics kits. Cool. That not everybody gets. Yeah. It's it's not common. It's definitely more generally for a higher class because i mean if the choice is between getting these kids reading materials and books for home and a set of legos they're yeah. going to pick books for home yeah interesting is there a way that you've seen from the teacher level to i guess do more with less right like is that see, that sounds to me like from the outside looking in the universal teacher experience right like there's never enough resources there's never enough time there's too many kids there's not enough support yeah. I mean, is that just another example of, hey, we got lucky and we're going to try to do something with this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it it broke my heart um, when, like li literally when hmm. Har Hurricane Harvey destroyed the school hmm. and there wasn't enough storage for all of this stuff that, this stuff that I was given hmm. and they had to get rid of it. Really? Like yeah. the stuff wasn't flooded or destroyed. It was just we chose to throw it away or donate it or something. They goes and sits in a storage facility. Yeah. So you can't get it back. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I no longer work for that school district okay. because, yeah. but do you know, like the combination, could you like go in the middle of the night oh, and go get it or something? Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> I, I took what I could. <laughs> Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah, I definitely yeah. took what I could. Okay. Interesting. But there was just some things I couldn't, you can't, I couldn't save it all. Yeah. 
So most of your experience has been as a science teacher, correct? Mostly, yes. Science slash, I guess, robotics. I don't know if that was your Yeah, title. I mean, that was my first five years. Then I spent two years doing just fifth grade science. Mm-hmm. And then the last two years, I've done math and science. Yeah. So in, in all of your time kind of working from that specific angle, because I think what's interesting is some teachers kind of do more, hey, I, I'm like a homeroom teacher and I teach first grade and I just teach them everything Yeah. versus, you know, some people are like, hey, I just teach high school physics or calculus over and over again to the same specific age. So you've kind of maybe done a little bit of, you know, some more broad science as an yeah. area, but also kind of the same-ish stuff. Yeah. Um, do you feel like in, in the process of doing that, you see some of the same tropes of like types of kids oh, and gosh, like yes. types of learning and any particular, do you have nicknames for like, Oh, this is a blank kid or like, this is a, Oh, I don't know. we, I've noticed this since I was like, I worked in like an after school daycare program through a school district mm-hmm. and we would totally be like, Oh, that's going to be the jock. And that's going to be the, okay. you know, cause you can start seeing the the way the, they interact with each other, and you're like, okay, so you're going to be that kind of person, and <laughs> okay. you know, and not all not all of them are positive, yeah. yeah, which is sad and heartbreaking. You do everything you you you're in power to just be like, no, I'm like, I want to save you from what I can foresee <laughs> you becoming, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. You well, know. how much of that do you feel like? Because I guess third through fifth grade has been mostly your area. So, yeah. Like, I, so I've done some work in that age group as well. And I feel like fifth grade particularly felt a little bit more settled. Like, okay, there's, yeah. this, there's too much inertia in this personality at this point. All I can do is try to like keep it in the confines of, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, I think as an educator, how much responsibility do you feel to, I don't know, mold the growth or maturity of your students versus just, okay, it's your parents' problem, right? I mean, you feel it for all of them, Mm -hmm. but you at least for me, I know that I can't reach all of them. Yeah. There are are kids who we just, we are not going to click that way. Mm. And you have to be at peace with that. You know, when I was teaching fifth grade, I was seeing 80 kids a day. Not all at the same time, though. Right? Not all, yeah. not all at the same time. But I was yeah. seeing eighty kids a day. Sure, I can't. I'm one person, and as much as I would love to be a full, impactful person in all mm-hmm. eighty lives, I can't. Yeah. Like I do have limits. So you have the ones that I personally feel that God just kind of puts on your heart, or they just come to you and mm-hmm. they become my kids, and those are the ones that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you become the best version of you while I have you. Hmm. Yeah. And that's hard. I think as, as a student or as a kid growing up, you're always like, ah, oh, teachers don't have favorites. And then you're like, wait, they definitely do. They do. Yeah. Okay. But I will, I told like all the kids ask like, who's your favorite? I'm like, I will not admit to any favoritism yeah, yeah. until I leave the campus. And once oh, I leave okay, the campus, yeah. I'll be like, yeah, shoot. Cause <laughs> whatever. Like they, these kids don't know these kids. They don't know. Yeah. So do you ever get to follow up with like how much follow up is there with that age group as far as you see them in middle school or high school or I don't know. So I don't really get to see my my first and second year kids yeah, because they were fifth grader. So then they moved to middle school. Yeah. Occasionally I'll get to see them like I had three boys come play practice football in our field after school while I was doing tutorials. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these are eighth graders. They're going to be middle. They're going to be high schoolers. They're human beings. Now they're like legitimate (laughs) human beings. They are not the little like 
goofballs that I had when they yeah. were in fifth grade that I have video of. Like we did the mannequin challenge for oh, our Christmas gosh, yes, party. Like yes. I have video of that. Okay. I don't think they remember. Yeah. Did you participate or are you just filming? I filmed. Okay. But so it's like, oh my gosh, they're real human beings. And then I had a couple weeks ago, I had another little girl who's, she made her mom stop the car hmm. when she saw me walking to my car and jumped out and was like, Miss Dragon Miller. And I'm like, <laughs> And like she had her mask on, so I couldn't tell oh, no. who it was. Oh no! And then I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I don't know who you are because I can't see your full face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So sure. she pulled her mask down, and I'm like, oh. Melanie. And you know, we did the whole like high yeah. school girly scream thing, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. caught up. And she was one that I I never wanted her to be one of my kids, mm. but I'm really glad that she became one. Yeah. I feel like that happens to you a lot, though. I feel like I've heard you say that phrase before. Is that true, or is that just the yes. ones we hear about? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of them that I'm like, I didn't, I did, I didn't want you. Like, yeah, interesting. Because you, because they're never the, you know, just like any time you have a group of anything, you know, you've got your popular kids, and you know, mm. you want to be, you want to be loved by the the cool kids, and mm-hmm. you still want that as an adult. You still want your yeah. kids to love you, and I, my kids all love me. Don't get me wrong, I know that. Yeah. But the kids that like love me extra special are like the ones that I wouldn't have never expected. Because they just, they're the ones that I was particularly particularly hard on at the beginning of the school year, I guess. Mm, okay. And now they're just like, Miss Druckenmiller. And I'm like, what, baby? He's like, yeah. I tried my best. I did. I promise. And I'm like, I know you did, sweetheart. And even though you made mm. a 14, I'm still oh, proud no. of you. <laughs> okay. Because, but Out of 100, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you know what? For this one kiddo, the fact that he's trying is enough. Because... Yeah. He's got a lot of things he's facing. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's one of the things that, again, from the outside looking in, I, I would imagine it would be very difficult as a teacher to not, like, burn out, right? I mean, you have so many human souls, you know, that just flash before your eyes, right? And, like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it would be hard to just totally, like, shut yourself off from all of that, right? Because there's a lot of really hard things that kids are going through, and you only have so much control over making that life incrementally better. So, yeah. like, how do you... I don't know. How do you manage it? How do you deal with that? I think you you take it as this is what I've been given at this moment. I'm going to mm-hmm. do the best with what I can. And if hopefully that's enough. And if I never see them again, mm-hmm. hopefully they remember my name when they're 30. Mm. Yeah. You know? And then you have to just move on because that's... I mean, I still have some of my... They're now fifth graders. My fourth graders from last year, they still come visit me. They still come yeah. give me hugs in the hallway, which is always really nice. And, yeah. you know... Is that... And I'm not really familiar with school settings. Like, are kids allowed to just run up and give teachers hugs? And you're like, hey, I'll give you a hug. Like, is that allowed? I mean, it depends. Like, technically, there is supposed to be like... If a kid asks for a hug... Mm-hmm. I don't think any teacher is going to tell them no, but we definitely yeah. do like the side hug, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, I'm not going to like, you can't like bear hug, pick them up and swing. Oh them around gosh. Or yeah. No. Yeah, okay. No. Yeah. But like, I still will give them like, if they, if they're going to ask, I'm not going to tell them no, mm-hmm. because obviously they're asking because that's something they desire. They need that yeah. comforting, loving touch. Yeah. So how much of that, like how much connection do you have with the parents then? So like, it just yeah. depends. I've got some parents who I have not been able to get a hold of all year. Wow. Really? Yeah. I've got some parents who 
I will see at parent-teacher conferences, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And there are some parents who have no problem picking up the phone and texting me and being like, hey, this is what's going on. Yeah. You know? Maybe too much, yeah. <laughs> I actually have never run into a too much. which really? is Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, that's kind of indicative of where yeah, I work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I could see that. That's yeah. maybe more of a, like, affluent yes. school problem. Yeah. But, like, I had a parent this, uh, this week. I sneezed and accidentally marked her kid absent <laughs> like I wait could, what wait how did the how are those two things related at all i was doing attendance <laughs> and like i sneezed, I sneezed and when the I, kid out of existence <laughs> like whoops i like i was putting it in and when i when i sneezed i hit submit oh and okay. i marked him yeah. absent instead of marking him tardy there's no undo button? no there's not not from my side so then I had to message the ADA, and yeah. as I'm emailing her, I get a text message. I just got a phone call saying my child is absent, and I know he's at school. And so then I have to be like, yeah, I know. I kind of sneezed and accidentally marked him absent. I'm taking care of it. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's here. <laughs> okay. That's so. fun. That's interesting. Well, I think of, I think you shared a story um, somewhat recently about a parent who came into a parent-teacher conference like just super uptight yes. and like, worried. I'm trying to remember exactly how that went. It was they were just concerned that their kid wasn't fitting in. Or? Well, her son has special needs, mm-hmm. and he was moved from a bilingual class to a ESL class. Okay, what um, is the difference? I don't know that I know. So bilingual is they teach in two languages. Just so, it's just happening. It's not intended to be teaching you the language. Yeah. Okay. So it um norm like depending on the grade levels, depending on how it breaks down, mm-hmm. um we are a one way bilingual school, which means. Most of the time, it is a bunch of Spanish children trying to learn okay. English. Okay. And so he was moved from a bilingual classroom to a ESL classroom where there is no Spanish. Okay. Essentially, that's, so it was like a harder step for him. Well, they say that students with special needs do better when they're not having to flip between languages. Interesting. So that, ESL is more of like an immersion language learning. Right. It's English as a second language. So we use strategies mm-hmm. to help students who maybe have Spanish or have a different first language other than English Mm -hmm. get more proficient in English. Are there different, and this is somewhat tangential, but like, are there different flights or sections or divisions for, these are the people who are coming from Spanish. These are the people who are coming from Mandarin or these are the people from. No, they all get thrown into an ESL class um, because the strategies are the same throughout. Okay. But because of where I work, most of it is just straight Spanish. Okay. The first school I did work at had a sect of, refugees from Africa. So they had Mm -hmm. like, we had some from the central part of Africa and some from like the Mm -hmm. Eastern side. And so we had that whole group, but they all got thrown into an ESL class. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, so back to the story of of this one parent, which I think is totally interesting. (laughs) So she came in and she was very nervous because not only is she coming in to not really meet us, but like sit down with us for the first time. And she doesn't speak any English or her English is very minimal. So she was just incredibly nervous to have this. And she knows that her son can be a little bit of an issue. Sure. But it was just very, it was very cool to see how, as we were talking about her son, how her demeanor just changed. And she was Mm. really fully expecting us to be like, oh my gosh, we can't stand him, da, 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 like all these negative things. And it was like, no, we love your kid. Your kid's amazing. Mm. There's just some things he needs to work on. And we know part of that's because of his disability. And we're aware of that. But Mm -hmm. we're working very closely with his resource teachers Mm -hmm. to kind of help curb some of this. Yeah. And I know that she's also had some really negative experiences, him growing up with his other teachers as well, because 
he's been at this campus since kindergarten. So he's okay. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Like I knew this kid since he was in kindergarten. Like I remember watching. <laughs> you saw him coming. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, watched the yeah. resource teacher like chase after him in kindergarten because he yeah. refused to go outside. My guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hmm. like we're, we're well acquainted with him. <laughs> yeah. But you've had a lot of experience. I know at, at, at church, but also at school with, with specifically partnering and working with special needs children. How much of that is through like an official career specialization? How much of that is by happenstance and interest? And I don't know what's, what's been your experience with that. It is a hundred percent by happenstance. Okay. Yeah. When I was in elementary school myself, uh, we had a life skills program and I hated going outside. I am your prototypical indoor kid. Yeah. Okay. So any time I could have not go outside, I wanted to not go outside. Hmm. So one of the ways to not go outside was to basically volunteer in the life skills classroom during recess. Ah, okay. So I used to Strategy. do that. Smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally selfish, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you do what you got to do to get ahead. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But then, you know, you turn into like you and kind of enjoyed, you know, I kind of enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And like, I kind of, some other things happened, which kind of pushed me out of that realm. Hmm. I've always been taught one of those see a need, fill a need kind of things. That's mm-hmm. been kind of the yeah. mantra that's been, you know, shoved into me through via church. Yeah. Yeah. Same. You know? That's yeah. Same. <laughs> and there's always a need with the special needs community. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know what? I can do that. Like yeah. I know how to do that. I have, I can have that patience mm-hmm. when I choose. And yeah. so <laughs> yeah, I'll just, this is the need. I will fill that need. Yeah. And that's kind of how it happens. Is that something that you are able to do, like switch in and out of at work easily, or there's special certifications? There's special certifications, and honestly, the women—and I do say women because that was predominantly what my classes were filled with in education where I went. Sure, um, who were in that uh, special ed track Mm -hmm. were just special. Like, like good special or bad special? They were special. Okay, interesting. Um, I don't know that I have enough knowledge to make stereotype stereotypical assumptions right now. Like, uh, well, they are they are their own breed of yeah. teacher, and I'm not that way. Okay, naturally, like I can be that way for short stints of time, but that's not like like lovey dovey or like assertive or what do you mean? No, like I can't. I can't really put my finger, like, I can't give it words to describe. I can't, but they are just, there is, they're very, they're very just so. They have, just so. They're just so. Okay. Um, One of the things that kind of really turned me off in college that was I made a comment and this special ed teacher in training came like, waddling over to me and i do mean like (laughs) and that sounds awful but it's true (laughs) okay (laughs) and she was just like i just want to let you know that that can be really offensive to some people and i'm looking at her i'm like i was talking about myself so who am i offending here other than me Hmm. like it's a word get over yourself well i I just, just so you know. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Bye. Just so you know is such a great phrase. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. all have a very, they all can get a very similar vibe. And I'm just like, bye-bye. Okay. But yeah. I love, like, I love them. I love that, that, yeah, um, yeah. that population of students. And mm-hmm. my first year at the school I currently work for, the life skills teacher came up to me and she's like, hey, um, just so you know, 
one of my students is like arded, which is like official documentation that like these things we have to follow. It's like policy for this kid. It's an arted? Ard. A-R-D. A-R-D. Yeah, arded. Oh. We used it. We verb it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> we turned the meeting, the name of the meeting yeah. into a verb. Okay. Um, arded to come to your class. And is that okay? I mean, I'm like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Like, whatever. Just bring him on in. Like, she was like, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. bring him on in. And like having him throughout the whole school year was amazing. And then we get to yeah. field day and he's with his class and I've got my class outside and mm-hmm. my kids look at me and they're like, hey, why is he not with us? Yo. And I'm like, hey. And I'm, so I call her. I'm like, hey, Miss Wiseman, can he come with us? And she kind of looks at me and then all of my kids behind me start going, <laughs> one of us, what? one of us. And they start like awesome. chanting this. Like, yes. I'm like, it's out of my control at this I'm like, point. <laughs> basically. And they're like, he, she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, let's go. And yeah. so we, um, yeah, that kid probably was like, this is the greatest day of my life. Right. I don't know, but he was definitely smiling from ear to ear. Yeah. And that became like our chant. Like, you know how you feel that <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, like yeah. those chants, like ours was one of us. And I'm just like, That's this so is good. like so creepy to <laughs> anyone else who does not understand the situation. Yeah, but here cult, we go. <gasps> one of us every time we won. And everyone's just like, like yeah. That's good. That's good. And the other thing I think is interesting, and this kind of touches to the idea of like, how do I mentor or shape these young minds? Like, how do I reach these kids? Um, but it's, it's kind of like the the idea that we all have our unique the way mm-hmm. that we're built and our personalities. And, right. and we kind of function differently and think differently and relate differently. Um, and I think that's interesting and fun to think about as like a young adult, but also looking at, you know, kids, I think it's really fascinating microcosm of, Hey, you're going to be the X or you're going to be the Y and you may still have some time to maybe shift that ship a little bit, but how much of that do you think is, are you able to kind of utilize and say, Oh, I can classify these kids based on like personality paradigms that I ascribe to versus, I don't know, this kid's just chaotic. I have no idea what this is. Oh, I mean, that's one of the common things. If you read teacher blogs, like yeah, things to I do during standard standardized testing, it's like sort your kids into <laughs> Hogwarts houses okay, or yeah. like just things yeah, to keep yeah. your mind active. And so like we all do these things and like which okay. Disney character are your kids and, okay, okay. you know, so these secret like teacher blogs, is it like, yes, yeah, okay, that's funny. like all these little like tips and tricks of like what yeah. to te- do to keep your mind active okay. while you're staring at the four, same four walls walking in circles. Do you, do you feel like, um, kids, how do I phrase this? So are, are there kids that are easier or harder to relate to consistently based on personality types for you? Yes. Okay. Yes. There are kids that I'm just like, you and I are never going to see eye to eye kiddo. I love you. I will teach you. I will care for you. Yeah. But like. Now, are those the ones that are like diametrically opposite or the ones that are very similar to your personality? <laughs> it's the diametrically opposite. Like the kids okay. that are super emotional. Yeah. Like there was a story, I think I, I, you, I might have told you, but my partner teacher was out for a couple days and one of oh. our students hurt herself. Okay. Yeah. And the sub comes up to me and she's like, she's been crying because she cut her finger. And I'm yeah. like, I look at her and I'm like, honey, you picked the wrong day to hurt yourself because Miss Koopman's not here and Miss Truck and Miller don't really do this. Oh no. <laughs> and she just looks at me like tears streaming down her face. And I'm like, you need to go wash your hands yeah. and we'll put a bandaid on it, yeah. but you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And she just, <laughs> you're going to be fine, honey. And okay. so then she finally calms down. Can I see the nurse? And I'm like, the nurse is going to put an alcohol pad on it and then go tell you to wash your hands. Yeah. 
it's gonna hurt yeah it's gonna hurt so you might as well just go wash your hands and let me put a band-aid on it okay miss dragon Miller. <laughs> okay yeah and so was the sub just mortified or were they the like... sub was just like i don't okay. know what yeah what i don't know which way is up yeah yeah okay. yeah and so and then you know what she dried her tears moved mm-hmm. on great yeah. class great lesson Bye, Miss Truck and Miller. Like, see you tomorrow, sweetheart. Yeah, don't cut yourself at home. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Do, do you ever um, feel like you see like kids relating to each other and be like, oh man, I could fix that? Or like, oh man, you kids aren't seeing eye to eye, but like, I want to be your like couples counselor. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh yeah. All the time. Okay. All the time. Like, I yeah. have. I have my Dr. Phyllis hat that I okay. put on. Yeah. Um, Dr. Phyllis. I Dr. Like that. Phyllis. Yeah. I'm, I'm female. Yeah. No, no, that makes, that makes sense. It's fine. <laughs> um, you know, we have, you know, we talk about the, uh, um, the, the philosophy of Taylor Swift. We shake it off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. taste sweezy. Let's go. Yeah. Um, use that one more than once in my teaching career. Do kids engage, like, are kids into Taylor Swift? I don't even know. They are. I mean, they they definitely are not as much anymore. Okay. They're more into, like, TikTok dances and yeah. things like that, which uh-huh. have used in class before. Okay. Hey, there you go. You got to do what you got to do, right? Stay relevant. Yeah. But, you know, you try to give them the little tidbits of wisdom mm-hmm. that you have, and hopefully they hold on to it and mm-hmm. move through life with it, because... <sighs> Kids can be cruel. Hmm. And so, you know, trying to teach them like, guys, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, you got to shake it off. It's a lie. Whatever so-and-so said is not the truth. So why are you giving it headspace? Why are you letting them live in your head? Yeah. Got to let them go and shake it off, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's that's tough. That's something that probably all of us need to think about more often. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you also got your, uh, you're going to be dealing with a version of this person your entire life. They're not going to mm. look like them. They're not going to yeah. sound like them, but it's yeah. going to be them. Yeah. You have to learn how to get along. I know you don't like them and that's okay. You don't have to like everyone, but you do have to learn how to respect everyone. Mm. Yeah. You know, you have to at least be able to function with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so that's something that's also very difficult. But mm. you, you know, those are the things you have to like be like, guys. It's not because I know my kids aren't all going to be friends. Mm. Sure, I'm not naive enough to be to think that. Yeah, but we are going to all respect each other, and we're all going to be kind to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, at the very minimum, we're going to have a working functional team. Yeah. So when you look back on your experience teaching, and then compare that to your experience as like a student, as a kid, are there teachers that you think back to and remember or like, like, man, I wish I could pick their brain or man, I wish I could be like them or I don't know. Oh, for sure. You, as a teacher, you definitely look and be like, I'm glad I'm not like that as mm-hmm. you know, one of my teachers and I'm glad I am like that. Yeah. And I'm glad that, and I mean, thankfully I'm in contact with some of them still. And so I'm able to be like, Hey, I just want to tell you, I really appreciate, hmm. you know, as much as I hated you while I was in your class, <laughs> okay, yeah, I do appreciate you more than you'll ever know because hmm. you taught me, you know. Yeah. Do those conversations usually go well? I mean, I mean, the one time I've ha- been able to have that conversation, it went well. Yeah, it was via Facebook, so you know, yeah, that's a great, they're a great connector. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
if you had the opportunity to go back to, you know, so you teach third through fifth grade, maybe fourth grade Vicky and be like, hey, kid, here's what you need to do differently. Or, you know, hey, kid, like, how would that conversation go down? That I, conver- I think that would be fascinating. That conversation would go something <laughs> like, hey, you're not going to believe this. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to believe this. And she turns and walks away. <laughs> like, that that's how that conversation would go. The current you would be like, yeah, fair. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. <It> makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. Like, yeah. I am just as headstrong and cocksure as yeah. I was then as I am now. It yeah. has not changed. So when do you feel like that locked in for you? Is it just like out the womb immediately this was Vicky or? That's what my mom and dad will tell you. Okay. I don't ever like consciously remember a time where it was like, hey, this is just who I am. Yeah. I know the events that like shaped me into being that. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, how you become who you are. Yeah. And then you live that way. And then you realize like, then that part starts to change a little based on different circumstances. And yeah. I mean, the person that I was when I was growing up is definitely not the person I am now, which is a good thing. Hmm. But there are definitely some like... You go outside sometimes now. Yeah. I do occasionally. Yeah. I, I can verify that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm not as angry as I was. And I'm hmm. not as... <sighs> I try not to be as confrontational as I was. Hmm. I try to be a little bit more even keel. Mm-hmm. Um, so how much of that is... And this is something that I, I think about a lot too. Like there's there's a difference between my behavior and my um, mm-hmm. like motivation or my my outer life, my inner life, I guess. Yeah. You know, and and for me, and I think we may have had different experiences in this sense. Like a lot of the way that I grew up was really having an effectively calm like outer life. Mm-hmm. I would say like most of my life I was pretty good at like functioning in a peaceful way, but maybe having more of like the inner conflict of like I'm going to outwardly be at peace, but I'm going to inwardly be upset and then like not know or not express that. Right. So I feel like we're maybe coming out there from different sides of the coin. Right. But like, you know, how do you, I guess when, when you think of, Hey, I need to maybe move in a healthier direction of not having all of these bad confrontations to living at peace. Like how, how does that look like coming from the other side of, you know, limiting explosions or I don't know what that necessarily looks like on your side. So, I was bullied a lot Mm -hmm. in elementary school and through middle school, um, which caused me to be a really awful person. Like Mm. I was a most, I tell people and most people don't believe this. I'm like, you wouldn't have wanted to be my friend Mm. had you known me then. Like I didn't even want to be my friend. Yeah. You know, um, that's how I became so comfortable being alone. Mm. So I remember in seventh grade, there was this boy and he had been bullying me since fourth grade hmm. and I was seventh grade at that point in time. And he had done something in class to just really make me mad. Yeah. And we were playing a review game, you know, when those like the promotional basketballs. Okay. And you know how you would like toss it into the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. that kind of game. Cool. Okay. Um, and I remember he said he did something and it just made me so mad and I had the ball in my hand oh, and I'm no. like, I cannot throw this at this kid. <laughs> okay. I'd love to throw this at this kid. Yeah. So I did the thing and I threw it at the teacher because oh. that would make more sense, right? Okay. Should have gotten expelled. 100% should have gotten expelled. Like full on. Like, like 
throw as hard as you could. Yes. Wow. Like teacher next door could hear the smack on through the wall. Wow. Yeah. And so he obviously was very upset at me as he should have been. And Mm. I, he's tempted me to the next door to the teacher until he could cool down and I could cool down. And then he pulled me back in and he's like, you know, I know that's not who you are. Hmm. I know that this is something you are reacting to something. Yeah. And I know that you are taking it in a wrong way. Hmm. And as your teacher, I want to, I want to stop that. And I want to move this into a healthier way and how you don't have to be as reactive and you don't have to Hmm. be as, you know, you are allowed to be upset. He was wrong. Like you're like, he validated that feeling. So he saw that. That's good. Yeah. He validated it, but he also was able to be like, Hey, the way you handled yourself is incorrect as well. Yeah. And, and like I said, I should have gotten expelled. I should have gotten a phone call home. My parents didn't find out until I had graduated high school. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's because we ran into him at a Bahama Bucks. <laughs> he was and like, it, remember that time? You hit me in the face. Pretty much. <laughs> and, and my parents like, were like, what? what? Victoria? Yeah. Yep, pretty yeah, much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. point, it's like, what are you going to do? I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's past, yeah. But it's it's those kind wow, of things. Wow, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Not many people know that story. Yeah, well, that's a really, like, insightful and gracious response from your teacher. First of all, yeah. for him to have the wisdom to say, like, I need a minute right you know and then like second of all to to make that decision in the moment to like have noticed and have the emotional awareness to say like okay i see this kid's bullying you know but i can't necessarily like stop class and be like hello kid stop being yeah. bully right right you know? but it's to, you know things like that that really like started to be like okay like i don't have to be mm-hmm. th- that way yeah and so that you know kind of that through that process and i mean and, and it still took a while and there were still some other things that were going on and you know couldn't really be fixed until i moved to houston yeah yeah and i know that that's a big part of your story for sure too i mean what how would you view that shift you know kind of like moving to a new city working a new place you know making new friends like how has that kind of played into I don't want to use the, like the term the transformation of vicky but like but i don't it, know i mean we're all in a process of transformation right. in our lives so i Due to my own issues and then just because I'm just not the most outgoing person, I kind of was, in my opinion, shoved mm. into my sister's friend group. Mm. Yeah. And my sister and my mom's friend group because they were all like the kids and yeah. those weren't the people I wanted to hang out with. This is back in the, the in Dallas, yeah. The great city of Yeah. Yeah, Dallas, yeah. Don't knock it too much. <laughs> okay. Um and so there was definitely like a role and a prescribed version of me that I was Mm. kind of conscripted into Mm. and that I was never allowed to shake. Like, it's not that Mm. I couldn't shake it. I wasn't allowed to shake it Mm. just because of like the culture and the diagram, whatever. And so dynamics, that's the word I'm looking for. Here we go. I was going to say diaspora, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I know the word I'm trying to find. It's just not there. I'm a teacher. It's cool. Yeah. Um, The dynamics just wouldn't allow it. Mm. And so I started, like when I got a job working for a church and had to like really take a step out and move into it, start moving, trying to move away to my own Mm. pieces, it kind of started to help. And then when I got a job in Houston, Mm. I was really able to just like, okay, who am I? Mm-hmm. What does being me look like? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I had some people who came in and like helped shape that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I went to BCF for a good like two or three years 
before joining the first com- my first community group and meeting all of y'all. Yeah. And I sat in the very like back two or three rows and was quite happy and comfortable not knowing a single soul. Hmm. And then I was like, okay, well then maybe, you know, God moves and you push and like, okay, I guess I should probably start, yeah, you know, so living it, and being with people. Yeah. And going outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going outside. Yeah, yeah. But how, I, this is the thing I'm, I'm just genuinely like all mm-hmm. podcasts, whatever aside, I think is interesting to think about like how much of that would you ascribe to an inner drive and how much would you ascribe to that from other people forcing you? Like other people being like, Hey, come to this. Hey, do this. Hey, come you know, versus you being like, I'm going to choose to go seek this out and put myself out here. I mean, it was definitely an, it, it wasn't an outer drive. Cause okay. I honestly, most nine times out of 10, I can care less what other people think. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to do me. And if you don't like it, Oh, well get over yourself and let's move on with my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely more of an inner drive. Like, okay, God's speaking to me. I need to take this next step. Mm-hmm. And this next step looks like, doing this and it took me a while i'm sure i'm sure i was being called to go to a community group a lot sooner than Mm -hmm. i actually stepped into one Mm -hmm. but my friend mary beth Mm -hmm. uh, we met at work and she was looking for a church because she had just moved and so i brought her there and then we kind of did that together yeah our first community group yeah i remember back in the day that was good this was actually pre you still oh really oh that's right okay cool 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 this yeah. is still pre you. Nice, nice. Yeah, that that world exists for my. Although my ego denies it. But yeah. Yeah, 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 no, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that. I think it's fun for all of us just to kind of look back in our lives and imagine. You know, first of all, like, hey, if I hadn't gone here, done this, what, what yeah. things would have been like, you know? But also just to reflect on how how we did get here, you know? Yeah. It's almost, it almost seems like a series of fortunate and, un- and unfortunate accidents, you know, in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, but I, I don't know, I. I feel like for me in a lot of ways, there's a lot of serendipity in like the way that God brings certain people in Mm -hmm. or like just random conversations that lead to things that mattered hugely. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like there were times in my life when I thought that I had a lot of agency and I was like the captain of my own ship. But the more I look back on my life in a lot of ways, I feel like, nope. I don't know. I'm just like a, whatever that game is where it just bounces down the, yeah, the pegs like Plinko Plinko. There it is. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, you know, and, and I'm just kind of like along for the ride sometimes it feels that way. I don't oh, know. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which is really hard when you struggle with like a need for control. Yeah. To be like, this is not in my control. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's interesting you say that. I, I've most of my life styled myself or tried to build this brand of like somebody who's like easygoing or like, oh, I don't need to be in control. And then the the, the last job I was working at, um, the my boss <laughs> sat me down one time and he was like, hey, I see a lot of myself in you. And so I'm thinking like, oh, great. This is wonderful. He's going to compliment <laughs> me. I'm feeling good. He's like, I think you really like are a control freak. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. This is that kind of conversation. <laughs> like, this is not happy. Um, I don't know. So I think that's like a hard thing to come to terms with. I think probably most of us are that way, even if we don't admit it. Um, yeah. It's just kind of more of a like, do we externalize it and make it obvious for others? Or do we internalize it and like stew over it? You know, there's maybe yeah. different ways that it plays out external yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well which do you think is better that's a loaded question but i'm just gonna say it (laughs) i mean i'm gonna speak from my bias here and i definitely think it's better to be external because all my cards are on the table yeah you know what you're gonna get when you're gonna get it and Mm -hmm. it's not you don't like nobody questions where i stand on things you know it's it's blatantly obviously if i have an issue with it you're gonna know Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to say something to you about it. And I'm not going to always go about it in the best way. That's, that's where I think sometimes the internal would be a little bit better because then I maybe be able to like process through it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of something I'm struggling with right now with a different situation. I'm like, okay, I know I need to say something here, Mm. but I could offend a lot of people Mm. if I say this wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and I could put myself in a really bad situation than someone I really care about in a bad situation. Yeah. So I, I won't put you on blast and, and do that right now, but um, <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think, I don't know. Like, do you, do you feel that that is the minority of people? Like, or Oh majority? yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think the, I think a lot of people are not as, I think a lot of people hide Yeah. behind a veneer. Yeah. And I understand why I get it it's hard for people it's hard to be judged on who you are and you know have people tell you like hey i don't really like this aspect of you you know and being able to take that and it's hard to hear and it's easier just to be like hi that doesn't exist yeah well so this is something i i've been been honestly thinking about a lot over the last year ish of my life is the idea of like unsolicited advice, right? Um, right. Because there's a period of my life where I was a lot more prone to offering unsolicited advice, and some suggestions that I got from some people that I really like look up to and mentors was just the idea that like there's a context of relationship you can have with someone that is kind of like a prerequisite mm-hmm. for certain things to right. be like, hey, I think you should do this. And it's like I don't know you, go away, right? You know, right. Um, so like, how does that play into it? So if if, if on one side there's like maybe a not so great thing, which is to sort of just have this veneer and never be honest right. and like just do whatever to placate the situation and be passive aggressive or just, you know, codependent or, or whatever you know, right. term that's maybe not a great thing. But then on the other side, there's like, Hey, maybe you have to earn the right to speak into a situation. Like right. how do you find the balance between those two? So if you can't say something nice, you don't say anything at all. I mean, and that's what it boils down to. Like, if I can't sit, if I know that we don't have the relationship for me to say it full force, brutally mm-hmm. honest, no filter, mm-hmm. then I probably won't say it. I'll think, and then I will give you the opportunity to be like, hey, I have thoughts. If you want to hear them, I will give them to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, sh- like, I will, like, let them know yeah. that I have thoughts and there are some things that I, you know, but I'm not going to be <laughs> okay. like, hey, here's this. Yeah. I hate your boyfriend, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) So do you think, and this is, this is something I'm even just thinking about right now. Like, would it be a helpful thing to just instigate in a friend group to say, Hey, we should just like give each other, I don't know, like surveys and just be like, what do, what do I need to work on? Like, you know what I mean? Is that just like a total bad idea? It is a terrible idea, okay. but I'm here for it. Beautiful. Okay. I love watching the world burn. Okay. Especially when it's sometimes my own world. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's really good, but okay, interesting. Hey. Yeah. I can't help it. I am um, <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah. I was watching I was on Instagram this afternoon and one mm. of the accounts I follow was like was a little boy and he's got a pot and he's stirring it yeah. and it's like please for once don't stir the pot and then the little, says the little boy says okay <laughs> and he just immediately goes back to it yeah. yes and i'm yeah, like yeah. i feel uh, so seen <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah no it can be fun like living in the chaos can be kind of interesting but well when uh, you live when you when you try to control so much there's sometimes you just have to like yeah let it and so like living in the chaos 
is sometimes just reading the Facebook comments that always divulge into, oh my gosh, you use the wrong version of there. Like yeah. they always divulge into some <laughs> sort of grammar Nazi. Yeah. It's and you just enjoy the that aspect of the chaos. Yeah. That's one thing that I kind of miss about Facebook. I not I still have one and log in every couple of weeks or whatever, just so it doesn't blow up. But I used to be way more engaged in Facebook. And I do kind of miss that, the voyeurism of like the Facebook arguments of just like, I have no dog in this fight, but wow, this is entertaining. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. and that is that is where like because again, I've learned I very early in my social media career yeah. made a comment and was mm. lovingly told like, this is not how you should act Ooh. by someone I respect. And I was like, you're right. Hmm. Which is why if you look at my Facebook posts, they're very much like dog yeah, food. Yeah. Gremlin story. <laughs> okay. Gremlin by which you mean <laughs> my students. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. For those listening at home, she doesn't actually have creatures that she can't feed after midnight. Although you probably shouldn't feed your kids after midnight either. No, we lovingly okay. call them gremlins because they yeah. are very much like that. Yeah. They are either very sweet or very not sweet. Yeah. But you never like stab them with a butcher knife or throw them in the microwave. Absolutely yeah. okay. not. Cool. Absolutely that movie is brutal, not. by the way, for those who haven't seen it, like good Lord, that movie is not cutesy at all. Yeah. <laughs> But I love we I love my gremlins and yeah wouldn't trade them for the world yeah uh, so kind of rounding things out we're kind of uh, getting here to the end uh, I have a tradition that I'm trying to build because if you do things more than once it's a tradition okay um, hot takes on topics that I think I know the answer to okay um, but I'm curious if you'll surprise me so basically um, the the genre is reality television okay um, and the the question is if you could be on a reality television show what would you choose to be on and why it's not really a hot take that's more of just a question yeah it's more of a straight but question. like what do you think is like what would what would be the most like entertaining show to be on or to be a fly on the wall for how about that well, the most entertaining show to like be a fly on the wall for was any one where you have high emotion, high drama. Okay. Like I love Big Brother. Like yeah. that is like my jam. Mm-hmm. I watch it every summer. Mm-hmm. I listen to the podcasts of the morning updates. There I have, go. I follow the live feeds. <laughs> I totally indulge. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I would not be very good at that game. Okay. I'm a little too much of a presence. Okay. Um, I'm I'd, not into the meta game of Big Brother, but I believe you. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd be voted off one or two easily. Okay. okay. Um, Survivor don't have the skills. Okay, <laughs> that sure. would be like, yeah, that would be a terrible idea on so many levels. Well, I think typically, and I'm I've not seen too many shows of a Survivor, but I can pretty confidently say that all of them are filmed outdoors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that, I would. That would be hilarious. I would watch that. Yeah. That would be hysterical to see me as, but yeah. like not happening anytime soon. Interesting. Okay. Um. I mean, obviously, I would totally dig some kind of cooking show. Mm, yeah, there we go. As a judge or as a participant? Either or. I feel like you would be a good judge on one of those shows, honestly. Yeah. My my issue comes to any... I was talking to my friend, my best friend about it. I was like, mm-hmm. I cannot ever be on any of these cooking shows because it's like, how are you tasting your food? No, I can't because you asked me to use red peppers and I can't eat those. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, I can't eat this food and... Sh- <laughs> <laughs> that's true you might actually make a terrible judge never mind yeah there's certain things you're just like i don't eat that so yeah yeah no i was like hmm. i can't I, I can't eat that i i'm sorry yeah. yeah but i would love to like i've 
joked i'm like i wish i was a terrible cook so then i could go on like worst <laughs> cooks in america and like learn how to be like a yeah. really good cook i'm gonna get yelled at by gordon ramsay come on let's go yeah i'd yell right back that's true yeah. <laughs> i would just start crying yeah. <laughs> so but like i don't know like i honestly don't know what kind of reality tv show i'd be good at because mm. okay maybe a better question i have anyway if you could invent one don't tell me you've not thought about this what would it be <laughs> you don't have to have a title but just like a premise. Have you really not thought about this? No, I really wow, okay. haven't. Yeah, interesting. I really haven't thought about it. Maybe on your next appearance, you can come back and think about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the next appearance? I don't know. This podcast might be canceled after a few more episodes. But, <laughs> yeah, um, they're going to hear this and be like, yeah, we're done. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, one too many technical mishaps and, and people will stop listening. But um, <laughs> uh, no, fair enough. This has been fun, Vicky. I appreciate yep. you coming on. Uh, yeah. Do you have any plugs, any shout outs, any words of wisdom to leave, uh, the folks at home with? I mean, do you have any hot mixtapes you're dropping anytime soon? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. I mean, the only thing that hears me, the only thing that hears me sing and dance is my car and my shower. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> shout out, shout out car and shower. There yeah. We yeah. Well, awesome. I appreciate you coming on. This has been fun. Not and, a problem. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right.